Welcome to the Irish NFL show. It's the 27th of December. I hope Santa was good to you all and brought you that win that advanced you one step closer to the playoffs. I hope the fantasy football playoffs went well for those of you to whom that matters, myself included. Looking forward to the fantasy Super Bowl, I have to say, which is great consolation for the fact that my beloved Bears will be nowhere near Super Bowl for some time to come. Um, it's our preview and picks show for the, the week 17 games, really getting towards squeaky bum time now, not actual squeaky bum time for a lot of teams. Um, it's our final Thursday game of the season, of course. There'll be no more Monday night football. Um, playoff football, obviously great for those that have it to look forward to, but the harsh reality for most of us is that our teams will no longer be involved after the next two weeks' action, so we're going to enjoy week 17 and week 18 games, and then we will look forward to seeing who actually disputes the destination of the Lombardi Trophy between them. Lots of news floating around as well, as there often is this time of year, and no rest for the wicked, even in the festive season, and those of us who are into the NFL and uh, keep our healthy or unhealthy NFL habit ongoing during Christmas set, know that there's plenty of news breaking, including quarterback changes, plenty. We will bring you through all of those as we preview the games for week 17, um, including uh, the doozy, Brian, which is the Ravens-Dolphins game. Um, both of those teams coming off the back of really big wins over the weekend. It was uh, AFC dominated. The Dolphins obviously taking down the Cowboys and the Ravens pulling off something of an upset in Santa Clara. What's the What's the line on this one? Well, you got me on the hop for early doors. I better just have a quick, uh, quick check of that. I'm on, I'm on the Quimbet app as we speak. Um, didn't think you were going to go that way early on, so uh, just bear with me one moment. But uh, uh, what, look, this, while you're, this, sorry, Colin, this go ahead. is surely. I, I mean, this is because with all the QB stuff, and we'll get into there's been plenty of it. But like, I mean, this is the the Joe Flacco uh, revenge game, and Joe has quite a few, but. Uh, this is the precursor to what could potentially, if the Browns win this, Joe Flacco going into Baltimore. Yes, indeed. Before we get to that, sorry, just to answer your question, um, Connor, Quimbe, tops are on, thanks to Quimbe for all the merchandise, but Quimbe have the odds for this game. The Ravens are three and a half point favourites. So I actually thought it might have been bigger going into this game, bearing in mind how comprehensive the win was against the Niners in Santa Clara on Monday night. Was it Monday night? Yeah, going into a Stevens Day, but they're only three and a half point favourites. It's a big game. Obviously, we're going to come to that later on. Um, you know, the AFC one seed essentially is up for grabs if the Ravens win the Hammett, and then obviously then the Dolphins can potentially win it if we're in week 18, should they go on the road and win this game. Huge game for the weekend, but Colin is right. Connor, like, there's another storyline even in the, in the background, Norton, and that's obviously these, the Browns. The Browns that I said will make the playoffs at the start of the season, and there was some eyes, eyebrow, eyebrows raised back to you, no, there were. Uh, and our first segment of the games, just to remind you, is brought to you by RuPoints, demonstrating the value of global PR and comms. You can find out how RuPoints can help your business at RuPoints.com. Um, the first game, as you've both been saying, um, on Friday morning, Thursday night football, depending on which side of the Atlantic you sit, is New York Jets at Cleveland Browns. Um, this, So this, I've watched this stat now. I'm just trying to pull it off the top of my head. But I think it's the first time in 30 years that both the Lions and the Browns have made the postseason. <laughs> In the, in, in the same season by the looks of it. Um, Browns are looking almost guaranteed, not quite mathematically there yet, but uh, I think you can kind of fax that one in. I think it's done. Um, Colin, we come to you first. Jets at Browns, as you say. Um, this was, Joe Flacco could have been on the other side of this had the Jets made a different decision. They didn't. Uh, the Browns did. They're on their fourth quarterback and the fact that they keep winning is uh, really doing a lot to help advance Kevin Stefanski's credentials for, for head coach of the year. How do you see this one going? 
Yeah, I mean, Stefanski's done a, a wonderful job. Um, I, I think um, it, it was interesting last week to see the, the GM up in the the stands or up in the box and looked like he was enjoying himself for the first time in quite a while. Obviously, it's taken a lot of heat for what's going on there. Um, what I what I think is, is fascinating here and what I think people should probably look at is the way in which Kevin Stefanski has kind of, over the past few years, ruin some of the narratives that are put out there because a lot of the time, look, there's a lot of spin uh, involved in all of this, as you all know, Connor, but people put out narratives around, oh, you don't want to go with a rookie head coach because how are you going to make the playoffs with a rookie head coach? Well, Kevin Stefanski did that. And then a lot of times you'll see teams put out excuses around injured reserve and, and what you do. And my goodness, the Browns are playing with all sorts of backups and they've still won 10 games. Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Bill Belichick a rookie head coach when he took the Browns to the playoffs? Um, they, I mean, they, it's been, it has been done and it, it's actually becoming much more common now. Um, but there's an awful lot of crutches that are, are reached for. Uh, I, I think in a lot of um, cities or a lot of places, if they were on their kind of fourth choice QB, um, there'd be all sorts of excuses being made, uh, but not uh, in, in Cleveland. Probably because it, you know, if they didn't make the playoffs, there was going to be uh, some sort of uh, Salem-like uh, witch trial, I think, that somebody was going to have to be sacrificed. Uh, it, but it, it's not going to be Kevin Stefanski. Uh, this is the, a, you know, a good t- uh, it was a good Flacco and that offense. Mari Cooper went off last week. He was uh, really enjoying himself. This will be a, a good test against a Jet defense that hasn't um, quit, that, that has shown up. It's one of the, the bright sparks, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, probably the others. The Jets are running it back uh, again next year. We've kind of had confirmation of that. Talking about that with Shane on yesterday's show. Uh, and, the, you know, essentially what for the Jets, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the player, is going to try to fix the problems that Aaron Rodgers, the GM, has created. Uh, for for me, um, I, I think the Browns are are going to have enough to get over the, the line here. But I do think the Jets will make this uh, difficult for them. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I called the Jets wrong last week. I should have listened to you, Colin, when you said the Commanders had uh, one foot on the beach in Cabo. Uh, whether they did or whether they didn't, they played lamentably poorly. I think that was the major factor in the Jets winning. But, the, you know, to be fair to them, one of the more pertinent factors in that game was that that Jets defense simply has not quit. Um, and they're going to show up to play against a, a Browns defense that might dispute the title with them of the, the best unit uh, in on that side of the ball in the NFL. Um, sooner or later, I think the, the Joe Flacco Express will run aground, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I think Cleveland will take this one at home. Brian? I told him about the Jets' defense in this early conversation. Um, it's a shame, and he's, he's not giving more credit to this Browns' defense. Um, over the course of eight home games, they've only given up a total of 197 yards, both rushing and passing players. They have a 28% uh, rate on tour downs, and they've only considered 105 points in all their home games. It's a standout defense. Jim Schwartz has done a fantastic job, and he touched on Stavansky. He's now the, their favorite to be head coach of the year. Which kind of again just kind of reflects what a huge season they've had. Um, it's feels like a bit of a trap game, and I don't believe it will be because I think the stakes are too high for the Browns team. I think they'll win this game comfortably. And the Browns are sorry, the Jets. Now that all these Jets people have been confirmed as coming back, essentially they're they're for me the team that are on the beach this week. I think Thursday night is a great game for the Browns to get get over the line and confirm their playoff status. 
Yeah, no, no doubt we will spend plenty of time deciding what it exactly it is that the Jets are running back, but that's for the off-season. Now the playoff places are still very much up for dispute. Um, indeed, the Rams unexpectedly contesting for one of them, Colm, as they visit uh, MetLife this weekend to take on the Giants. Um, yeah, like, I mean, this, uh, sorry, Brian, but there, there's only one, you know, there's only one interesting thing here, and then this is to see what this Rams offense can continue to to do. Um, they have, they are, I suppose, we talked about it, the Browns, Brian rightly highlight the Browns defense, right? But which, outside of the Bills, who are kind of a, a superstar team, but we didn't know, you know, there weren't great expectations for this Rams team. There weren't great expectations, I would say, for the Browns. Which are the team that you would least like to face in the play in the playoffs? Uh, you know, on opposite sides. But my goodness, you don't want to go up against that Browns defense. You don't want to go up against this Rams offense. It is Matthew Stafford might be playing the best football of his career. The maturity level that that he shows. Um, mentioned it last night. Like he he was. Uh, if people didn't see the video. Uh, the other day, uh, he had one of the uh, younger players uh, from his opponents come up to him and say, oh, man, I grew up watching you. I loved watching you. And he went over to the training staff and said, oh, I just got the old man treatment. But the maturity level that he is showing and all the tricks around show, Connor, the sidearm throws, the no-look passes, um, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are absolutely reveling in this. They're finding ways to run the ball. You have to be really impressed by the coaching job that that Sean McVay ha- has done. Um, look, that for for the Giants, it's it's really about twenty twenty four. Um, and I I imagine look, they're going to want to you know um try and finish strong, but I just feel that this Rams offense is going to have too much. Uh, for for this Giants team, um, and they're not going to be able to to score enough to keep pace with them. Brian, Colin, did you slight the service there, saying there was only one interesting thing about this game? The other interesting thing is that the Giants have a QB controversy. How you can have a QB controversy when you don't have a QB uh, is a feat of Christmas magic. I will leave you to explain. Sure, I think it's kind of reverse back to a couple of weeks ago when they made the decision to go with Tommy DeVito as opposed to Tyrod Taylor, and I touched on on the show at the time that you pay seven million a year to bring in a you know at, at that rate and at that at that amount obviously there was a clear reason but behind it because of what happened previously with the previous regime in terms of who they brought in as the backup and then Tyro Taylor doesn't get the opportunity to play and then he, he brings him in at half time during the day at that stage I want to talk you you just you follow what you've you've set out and that is to give Tommy DeVito as much opportunity to play but he was clearly in a mismatch on on Christmas Day and Tyler Taylor showed his experience and put them back in the game. Tyler Taylor is, has been compared now as a starter for this game. But I think one very obvious player in Korean, it's, it's all back to the quarterback situation. And Art Stable did a really good article right for the USA Today in the North, Jer- North Jersey uh, piece that the Giants right now are definitely in a position where it looks like they are going to go for a quarterback. The, even the insurative and how they can decide who to play at the end of the season kind of spells trouble. And it's a quarterback come, come this draft where they finish in the draft, obviously, is. Relevant because there's so many people around them. But for me, the Rams will win this game. I think the Giants are again are going to play hard, but ultimately could come up short. Yeah, I think as as Colin, as you were saying at the outset, this Rams team is fascinating, and the way it's shaping up, it looks like, and this is obviously 3D chess at this time of year, but it looks like it would be Detroit hosting the Rams in the wild card round. That's 
absolute banana skin written all over it. Like you can imagine Matthew Stafford going in there with a grin on his face. Um, Jared Goff feel it slightly uh, uh, overawed. And you can imagine, like, don't sleep on that Rams defense either. You know, they've got some really good pieces that they've added. Kobe Turner in particular, their rookie nose tackle has been outstanding. I think he leads all rookies in, in, in sacks this year. That's been something of a muscle that they've been flexing more and more in recent weeks. I think they're quite a balanced team. They're not quite the finished article, but they're young, they're dangerous, they're quite volatile as as any team with that many uh, rookies and young players will be, but very well coached, as, as you've both been saying. Um, uh, look, th- there's no way that they can't win this one if they have any playoff aspirations. They're aspirations that we didn't think they'd have this year, but they've you know very much proven that they beyond, belong in that in the hunt conversation, and I think they... Uh, they eat what they kill this weekend, and this weekend they're going to be they're going to be eating, feasting on the G men. Um, next game up column is 49ers at Commanders. We uh, made the mistake of all piling in behind the Niners last weekend. Thought they'd take care of business at home against the Ravens. It very much didn't turn out that way. Um, and you know, I, I don't know whether that's because it's just an aberration. A four interception game by Brock Purdy clearly isn't something that's going to happen every week. Um, you certainly don't see them getting turned over by the Commanders, or or do you? I I don't, uh, Connor. I, I do think that was down to the fact that the Ravens have the personnel and a and a great um, plan. Right, you can't live with this 49ers offense on a down to down basis. Um, you have to create chaos. You have to generate uh, turnovers, and they were able to go about that. Um, but they had the personnel to do it. Now. We'll get to them later, Kyle Hamilton, um, because that, that could be a big loss there. This 49ers team are still outstanding, though I've said it, the injuries are the concern. And if you, you know, Trent, Trent Williams, you know, when, when Trent hasn't finished a game um, or he hasn't started a game, the 49ers have, uh, have lost. And that, that would be an enormous concern. It tells you how important he is. They're also beginning to pick up other lie, um, injuries on that O-line. I just don't think the commanders, um, like Ron Rivera has been trying to save his job and he's been doing that essentially by trying to say that he's been developing Sam Howell. Um, but when Jacoby Brissett has come in, uh, he has been infinitely better. I mean, Jacoby really, like, could, could it have been a somewhat different season if Jacoby had, had started? Quite possibly. Um, and and they're gonna go. They're gonna go with it. I saw Ian Rappaport spin obviously coming out of Washington is that Sam Howell is a little bit beaten up, and this is his opportunity to to sit and learn from Kobe. Um, I I can't see the Commanders having enough. I expect the the Forty Niners to to get back on track. They have to win out now if they want that uh, number one seed. Um, that's bad news for the Commanders. Bad news potentially for the, for the Rams in that last game. Um, but I, I believe that they will have enough uh, to to take care of the commanders even on the road. Yeah, if ever there was a get right game, this is it for me as far as to, as far as San Francisco is concerned. Um, I, I wonder that, and I, I'm, I'm picking the Niners in this one just to be clear. I wonder though, Brian, to to coin your your favorite expression, were the 49ers smelling themselves a little bit? You know, going into that game, they looked like. The, the analogy that came to mind for me was 2014 Dublin under Jim Gavin. Like, wasn't enough to win. They wanted to put a, put down a marker against the Ravens and perhaps didn't respect them, and they got ambushed. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we all, we all got carried away. I, I, like, every media outlet that you read and watched last week, and we joked today about Mike Florio's piece last week where he was so adamant that there, there was gonna there was a beatdown coming on Christmas night to this Ravens team, and obviously he's wrong. Mike Florio, friend of the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously, very really courteous and generous for his time to come on the show. So we can't give you too much about him. But uh, no, in fairness, he, he has rolled back and he obviously he's made the story more so about him today than as opposed to what he actually said. But we we did, and, and the 49ers fans did. Like, let's be fair. Like, I spoke to a few 49ers fans last week. They thought it was a, they didn't think it was a given, but they thought they'd have more than enough to, to beat this team. And a team that was missing a couple of players and had a few players potentially missing the game. Obviously, it didn't play out that way in the end, but judging by where they were last week, it looked like some players would potentially not play for the Ravens. But the 49ers need to kind of take a step back and re- recognize, look, Nothing really has derailed them from that game. I mean, it's still all there for them. They win these two games, they've got the one seed, and they've got a, a clear opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. This game is probably, as you rightly say, Connor, they've fallen on it, on a, you know, on, on a good schedule here to, to have the commanders. The commanders who, in many ways, are like the Giants, they play to help, help you with the quarterback situation. And now Jacoby Brissett has come back in, similar to Tyrod Taylor. They're trying to finish out the season, but ultimately this is a big game for the 49ers, and they'll win going away, in my, in my opinion. Right, next game up is Panthers at Jags. Um, Panthers put up a, a good performance last weekend. Um, you know, field goal game against Green Bay, ultimately a very exciting one thirty three thirty finish there. Um, for once, the sun seemed to be shining a little bit on Bryce Young. He had a really good game. Um, Panthers looked like they were putting a little bit of something together. It didn't fall their way in the end, um, and Green Bay took that one. Jacksonville, uh, six and a half points favourite favorites here which for a team that's been struggling over the last few weeks might seem a little bit battling battling but i think it's worth looking at what the jags recent schedule has been so since they beat the texans narrowly on the 26th of november they lost an overtime game against the Bengals that was in cincinnati lost against the browns the following week played the ravens on uh, monday night football on the 18th of december lost that one uh, quite convincingly they lost to the resurgent uh, tampa bay buccaneers and baker mayfield and we'll, we'll talk about baker in a little bit so They've had something of a gauntlet over the last couple of weeks. They've had Trevor Lawrence concussion, Trevor Lawrence now shoulder injury issues, and that hangs and looms like a shadow over this one. But I think the Jags' recent performances are at least half down to Trevor Lawrence's fitness or lack thereof, and half down to just haven't had a real run of tough games where they've either come up against powerhouses in the NFL or come up against the bang informed teams. I don't think that's necessarily the case this weekend. Um, I think, look, let's see what happens with, with Trevor. That could have a huge bearing on, on the ultimate outcome of this one. But uh, I'm going with the favourites here. I think this is going to be a Jacksonville win. Um, I think the Panthers' performance last weekend, good enough as it, as it was, good although it was, had more to do with the, the opposition in play there as well. I think this is a tale of two recent schedules here. Panthers' maybe schedule has been slightly flattering them. Jaguar's schedule has uh, has not been kind in their direction. I think this is going to be a Jacksonville win. Slightly taken back by Robert Lawrence's comments yesterday that they're on the side right now. You think he would be pushing in a different direction in terms of trying to motivate everybody, but I think they've found the game to get themselves back in the position. Yeah, uh, Jags for me, sorry. Yeah, it's not every week you get to play uh, Joe Berry uh, defense. The Panthers benefited from from that. They won't this week. The Jags are in trouble, but they should have enough. I'm going to go Jags. Brian, Falcons at Bears is the next game up. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Falcons would have probably penciled this one as a handy win and one that they would hope would set them up to win the division. They've been up and down the last few weeks. Bears have actually found a little bit of consistency and some good form in recent weeks, albeit that they have an alarming habit of showing up strong early and then letting teams come back on them late on. Um, Atlanta went from being in control of the NFC South to now looking up from third place at the Buccaneers. So they've got to have this one. It's not quite as important for Chicago, who have their own internal drama to worry about more than the playoff drama. But how do you see this one going? 
if I was a Falcons fan, I'd be so frustrated. And you've spoken about this time and time again. Arguably, they're the best. They're the best team in the division. They've got the best panel of players offensively. You know, they've got some really good players on defense, and yet they find ways to lose games that should win. I mean, to think that they went and lost to the Panthers the previous week, nine seven. Return at home and beat a Colts team, and not just beat them. I mean, they comprehensively put them away. And this is the Colts team that right now are sitting in the seventh seed. And the Bears, I, I've been, I've enjoyed the Bears' resources recently. It's, it's, it's a good story, you know. And maybe the head coach isn't gone yet. I know we've had this conversation. Whether you trust him to be electing, you know, along with the, along with the GM, the next few players, realistically, they're going to pick top them. With your Tennessee even number one right now, but the Justin Fields story is is the one that's going to linger on right into this off season because he he is playing well right now. He had another good game on Sunday. He he showed some really positive stuff on the road, albeit they lost to the Browns late on. They they went to Minnesota, and I think we asked the question Connor about five weeks ago. What would he have to do to to you know to secure a spot next year? I think he's doing everything he can. Not to be, you know, just players not doing things around such as drop balls. It's it's a tough one to call. I'm going to go Bears. I think there's a bit of a spring in their step. I think we're going to see another Falcons situation where one week they're really good, the following week they're let down. I think the Bears win. Now bring them up to seven wins. Connor, what do you think is what you would want? I had said six at the start of the season and there were some eyebrows raised that maybe I was being slightly optimistic and they're sitting on six now, so I'm, I'm smug on that one. And anything in addition to that is probably gravy based on the, the scale of the rebuilds that they had to undertake. Now, having said that, you look across the way at uh, the LA Rams, whom we've just talked about, and say, this is what you can do in one year if you get your draft picks right, if you, if you, if you nail it. And we know that's a bit of a roulette wheel. And that brings us to the, the question you've just been talking about. Are the Bears, and it's funny because in Bears fandom and in Bears social media now, the needle's definitely swinging towards, let's go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr., never mind Caleb Williams, put a few more weapons around Justin Fields. Funnily enough, what happened in Cleveland the other week with that drop tail Mary, Darnell Mooney dropping it, has kind of advanced the narrative that, come on, all you've got for Justin Fields to throw to is DJ Moore and Cole Komet. They don't have enough weapons. What do you expect from him? He's doing the best he can, to your point, under limited circumstances. He's showing up the best he knows how. He's not grumbling. He's getting on with it. He's using his legs when he needs to to get out of trouble. He's got the talent. Just let him at it. Um, we'll see whether that's under a new head coach or not. We'll see whether Ryan Pohl sees it the same way or not. For now, though, this is... This is not a good game for the for the Falcons to be heading into, um, given what's happened in their division. As we said, they've lost control of it. Um, or, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might say they've taken control of the division with the way that they've played and the way Baker has played uh, in particular. We'll get to them a little bit later. Um, but I think at home, Bears defensively more than good enough to hold up to what Atlanta has been able to throw at teams lately. Obviously, Atlanta have some some tricks of their own and can't show up but they tend to be up and down week on week. I think this is probably going to be something of a down week. I think the Bears feeling a little bit more confidence just getting over the line in recent weeks despite their their trouble holding on to leads and closing teams out has got a bit of momentum going there and I think this will be a home win. Colin? Um, I, I, the, the longer the season go, goes on, Connor, I actually think um, uh, uh, disagreeing with the Bears fans, I, I, I think the Bears will move on from fields because I don't think it's absolutely if you've gotten to the end of year three and you don't know that he is the guy and I don't think anyone can re- like I like fields I actually think fields would benefit from a first start elsewhere but can anyone absolutely say that he is the franchise guy that this is the guy you want to, that you're prepared to build around because the con- you can't say that about anyone until you can well you and situation and coaching have a huge part to play in that. 
Yeah, of course, of course they do. But I mean, the problem is that your cost control is, it has limited because of the way the Bears handled it early that's, on. That's a matter. Right? And we'll, matter. we'll get to we'll get to Matt Nagy and his impact. Uh, you know, um, you know, he 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 look, he's he's ruined and is ruining better uh, QBs than Justin Fields. But to me, you get to the end of year three. Are, are you really prepared to go all in because you're you? You're going to have the number one pick, I believe, right? Via the Panthers. Are you prepared like to to say, like, we're not gonna go for the number one overall prospect, our guy, whoever we want to choose? Like are, are you saying that the Bears I, I, would have Caleb Williams doesn't want to go there, so that's that's probably one that you want to be very careful about to be starting. Yeah, well, I, I don't really know if you want Caleb Williams either, given his off-field behaviour. Well, I, I, I look, I, I think that's another story. I think there'll be a, a huge piece on that. I think Caleb Williams is incredibly talented. I also think he's just trying to um, control it. But to me, I just, I don't know how the Bears, if they, if it does happen, will end up pa- passing on it. Um, I know that there are plenty of Bears fans who will disagree with that. I just think you get your choice. Are you saying to me that the that Justin Fields was the guy they absolutely wanted? Now they can have their choice of whoever they want. I think having a, a QB under a cost control contract for five years when they can actually put a proper development plan in place. Um I you know I, I think the defense is much improved, but I'm actually gonna say that the, the Falcons need this more and I wonder if Arthur Smith has learned a little bit. Maybe maybe Arthur Blatt going on television to say <laughs> Um, I'm having visions of Homer saying, Marge, my dear, I've learned nothing. Yeah, I think, well, it can be. It can be. But he finally involved Bijan in the passing game last week. I think that that is going to um, continue. I'm going to say the Falcons will will get this. But I, I think there are happier times on the horizon for your Bears, Gunnar. Let's hope so. Uh, that brings us to the end of our first segment of Game Picks brought to you by Rupoint. See how... RuPoint can help your business at RuPoint.com. Into our second segment of week 